Advocacy Podcast, episode number eight. And I am Tristan King. I'm Ryan Skaggs. And we think today we're just going to jump right into it. Yeah, it's kind of a, one of those episodes I think we're just going to get ready to go. People are so, so apt right now to call out people's words and hate and, and say, look, that offends me or this and that. And say, so you should stop, right? And in my world, man, when you, when you sign up for the military, you defend the constitution. Yeah. For me, I will defend your right to talk hate speech to me all day long because we can't censor any of it without censoring ourselves. You know, if you're going to be wrong about something and you know, it, it's like be wrong with a purpose, you yeah. know, I don't know if that makes sense, but you know, we as a society are so quick to silence somebody that differs. And it was a paper I wrote in college and at a very, very, very liberal, um, creative writing professor. Mm -hmm. And so we were going through in our creative writing class, I did a entire paper on tolerance. Awesome. And she was like seeing the title and thinking, Oh, this is going to give her the warm and fuzzies because she (laughs) sees the world and tolerance different than the literal definition of the word tolerance. And so I took the definitive approach. To tolerance, and what it means is that you have to have opposing viewpoints, and if you don't, it's not tolerance. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's it's literally you're forcing somebody into a echo chamber. Well, I mean, if if our opinions differ, the ability for me to be tolerant is to listen to you say your piece. Yeah, that's what it is, and you have a retort. I mean, like, and back it with fact, and that was the thing is like <clears throat> we're so quick to. Just like approach something like, oh, I don't agree with it. So like, I'm going to cancel you now. Yeah. Well, because we I don't agree with it. And like cancel, cancel culture. culture. Yeah. And, yeah. and maybe this is the episode we do get a little political. I don't know. Um, <laughs> but well, I think honestly, it, if people buy, just listen but, in general, they're going to go, oh, we understand. Yeah. I mean, I don't care if people want to ha- be a Democrat, have your convictions back with facts, mm-hmm. have your beliefs and like, and stand firm in it. Don't be a waffle. Yep. To where you're toeing the line 10 different directions and then, you know, you want to go further left or you want to go back to the moderate. And then it's like, then it makes you look like you're a hypocrite. But don't <laughs> cancel out other people's opinions also. And yeah. that, that's the biggest piece is that for both sides, man, people have value behind their beliefs, right? And that's why we call them beliefs. We stand by them and people need to kind of step back a little and go, I understand your beliefs aren't mine and I'll give you your moment. And that's fine. I don't need to go protest everything in sight. To give myself value. Yeah. I mean, and if I really look at it, like say if I, and I was always like, man, what would I do if I was president? Like who would I have in my circle? You know? And like, I'm a firm believer in education Mm -hmm. and it's like, man, you know, like you need sometimes need people of different like viewpoint in your circle. You've got to have like that. uh, I mean, you can't have people that are radical, like radicalized to where it doesn't make any sense why they believe that way. If if they can factually back it up, they're like, no, I mean, numbers and everything, statistics back up that this leads to this. You know, I would have a conservative person running like the Department of Treasury because 100 percent. I mean, there's values there that I believe in that I don't think we should be wasting money on. Mm -hmm. When it comes to like Department of Education, I'd probably have a Democrat in that position, honestly, like. 
I would be very careful and vet who I put in that position, obviously, as president. Yeah. But I would have, I would know in that position because there is a different type of values to an extent. But also, I would have like my own input on it where that's like, no, education does need to be incentivized for the educators. Yeah. I mean, if we're going to treat education truly to mimic the business world or whatever we're looking on the outside, right? What happens to people that are high performers in the business world? What do they get more of? Well, I mean, we look at the privatized education system and they're churning out more educated and fundamentally more intelligent people because they're, they're pushing that envelope. Yeah. And they're willing to take outside, let's just say against the grain ideas. You know, we're yeah. so conditioned to look at like, Standardized education. I flippin' hate that word. So let's let's because you're trying to you have like a tree and a fish, and you're yelling at the tree because they don't act like the fish. And it's like, so consider this: the government gives grants or gives gives money to schools, right? Yeah. Um, to finance, you get so much per child, right? So let's say it's ten, twenty thousand dollars. Who knows? That could be high, it could be low, whatever. So what if instead of that, instead of going, hey, here's your public school, they go, here's your ten, twenty grand. Where are you going to put it so your child goes there? Do you think that would change the outcome of society oh, a bit? Do you mean vouchers? If, That's the voucher program yeah. and that fixes everything. But I mean, people really, get mad about it. And, you know, it's like, it doesn't, I don't want to say it fixes everything, but the school voucher program, yep. I don't think is a terrible idea. I think it's a great idea because I think it does give a kid that may be underprivileged an opportunity that, but he could be an overachiever or, mm-hmm. an, or an achiever. Or just, you know, an underachiever, but he has like the high, I mean, I look at it like, well, let, let's say the kid a football is, team, right? A kid okay. that's got a high ceiling, mm-hmm. you know, he's got like all of the attributes that would make him a great player, but he hasn't had the right coaching in order to maximize himself. That's where I was going to go for education. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. It's the same that. thing for education. If your child's not being taught the way he needs to be to get it, it'd be amazing if you go and you know what, we're going to bring you somewhere else. Yeah. And it there goes back go. to what I said about, you have a classroom full of trees and a classroom full of fish. And you're trying to all make them look like fish. Okay. The fish are going to fit the mold and they're going to excel. And then the classroom full of trees is always going to be unsuccessful because they can't swim. Yep. Well, it doesn't mean that they're crappy at being trees. It just means they're different than fish, right? They don't have, they have a different process and we can't get mad about a kid that's got different. I mean, and with the background of special ed, like, you know, not that you were in it. You no, taught no, it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Helping out there. Um, <coughs> But I got your back, dude. It's no big deal. <laughs> Maybe I could have been in there. Um, but no, like with, with that background though, I look at it and it's like the four year degree program is not going to fit a kid that's special needs. No. What they can do though, dude, let's get them into a career and technical education program. Let's get them into a vocational ed program. Let's teach them a employable skill that they can excel at. It's going to fit their mold I mean, you look at kids that are maybe on the autism spectrum that, you know, they have a certain outstanding skill of like, I mean, I look at one kid that I know, I'll use an example, but he's a graphically, he's amazing. An insane artist. And that's more comfortable, isn't it? It's a little bit more comfortable. There we go, buddy. Yeah. Um, so he's, <laughs> he's a, he's a, he's an insane artist, right? Mm-hmm. Goes to college and, you know, academically, he's not going to qualify for, for a four year, like business degree. Yeah. But dude, like send the kid to an art school and he excelled and it's like, and he's now he's got a full-time career 
drawing for a art company down in LA. Like, so I think that creates a nice segue to the uh, safe spaces, right? So <clears throat> we, in my opinion, we need to drop all safe spaces completely gone. And the only reason why, and you'll, you'll, I think you'll understand, is that we've, we've created spaces where people aren't challenged anymore. My kids aren't being challenged. You have to get, it, it's like bodybuilding, right? The more you work out, it's the more you're, you're pushing yourself. If you, aren't, if you aren't trying hard, you're not going to get anywhere, right? So you get an, an immediate return. You don't get a return anywhere, right? So remove the safe space. And instead of going, oh, hey, it's okay. We're just going to push you on through. Now you go, we don't want to offend you. <clears throat> yeah. Let's recognize what your skill trait is. What are you amazing at? Just like with special ed kids, you can, you can watch them and go, man, this kid's amazing at this. Let's try and develop a program around that child to get them somewhere where we can actually use your, that skill. Look at the ASVAB that you took back in the day, right? Mm-hmm. Everybody's probably taken it as they go through high school. Yep. Taking an ASVAB. Do you remember what you excelled at in your ASVAB? I wish I could say yes. I don't. I don't remember anymore. And it's probably now is different than what it was then. I remember them looking at me going, you can do anything you literally want to. So what do you want to do? Because you scored so high. And I was like, I want to blow stuff up and work out. (laughs) (laughs) Because apparently at 18, you make poor decisions. Yeah. yeah. You're like, I could carry a rifle. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Give me a gun. Just let me just just <laughs> let me blow stuff up. That's really what I want to do. <laughs> it was crazy. Yeah. So no, but I mean, like you look at that, it's like, what if we had that for the education setting? Why don't we use that for the education Seriously, setting? Right? We have kids taking it, like apply it. Like, so um first grade, we we let them do whatever. By sixth grade or sixth grade, fifth or sixth grade, you go, here's an Azab. What are you good at? What do you, what, what is your skill set? Right. And this isn't like pigeonholing people because people are going to be like, no, no, oh no, you're going to stick them in that. And that's what if they want to do something else. Right. But at least you'll go, okay, we know the skill set. We know what they're good at. Does this change from sixth to ninth grade? Right. I look at it as like treat it like the college system. Like you get to take prerequisites. Mm-hmm. Like everybody's got to take the same 14 classes. But then outside of that, like you can kind of maneuver around a little bit. Yeah. And, you know, how much happier would your kids be right oh, now? Man. I mean, you've got kids in the school, in the high school system. Like how much happier would they be if they got to actually know like the classes they took, there was the application for it to like do something with it. Yeah. No, I totally agree. And I granted, like we have luckily, if you're listening here, like we have K tech, which is Cooney to uh, the Cooney County, the technical high school. There's some of that that does apply. So you can do like a nursing program or like auto body or welding and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But, um, for some of your coursework, but you know, if we're so, if we're so interested in pumping a kid into the college system and thinking that everybody needs a four year degree, why can't we like bring that to the table a little bit earlier? So when they are 20 years old, they're employable at 20 years old. Well, I mean, I say for why proficiency, not? why not even beyond that? Why don't we start addressing skills before that point? Because you know what? Do you really want to go to college? Yes or no. Do you want a career? Yes or no? What do you like to do? Oh, I'm good at welding. Oh, sweet, dude. Let's yeah. boom. Let's maximize that. You're gonna make if you're a traveling welder, a union. You're gonna make at minimum probably 100k a year. It's amazing. Yeah, dude. I mean, and there are so few welders now. So let's get people into those programs, right? So we're gonna pull away from that to talk more about safe places because we were uh, watching the Horse Girl. 
<laughs> this will be posted. Equine woman. Equine? Equine. Equestrian? Equine. 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 Thank Equine. you. Yes. Equine woman running and jumping like a horse. Make sure you Ryan, search all gonna, of that I'm instead of just play. going on Google and typing in horse girl. Don't do that. No, you can go to, well, <laughs> go to YouTube and type in horse girl. A little bit safer. There you go. But we're watching this and Ryan, here we go. She's jumping over the stuff and um, I don't off, know how to feel a I lot wanna, about this. I want to punch your parents in the face. I, there's, uh, is this, all right, here's the deal. Is this a legit skill? Or is this something that like a, your child would do during playtime and they figured out and then they just kept sticking with it? I have so many questions here um, that it, it, it literally boggles my mind. I'm, I'm kind of losing my train of thought watching this because it, it hurts a little bit. I don't even know how old she is. I don't know. Um, and so and she's not really even a horse girl. She's more like a grasshopper. It's well, I mean, she's not built the front. Her arms aren't as long as her back legs, right? So that's going to be. She does this very well. Trotting, what's the crap? It's it's kind of amazing, right? And I feel like that would kill my back. Yeah. I can she run faster than me that way? I want to know, right? And here's a good question. Subscribe now and find. (laughs) I like to call her horse girl. Do you think horse girl does it doggy style? I'm staying the heck away from that question. I'm not even approaching <laughs> that question. <laughs> no, I'm not going near it. <laughs> Dude. <laughs> oh my gosh. No. Um, you know what I, I bet? What's that? If you ever want to be a virgin for life. Yeah. It's a pretty good way of going about it right there. So. <laughs> Oh my gosh. I'm sorry. I went there. <laughs> so I was on TikTok and this was after were. I had found the horse girl thing. My boys run it. And so I'm like, all right, whatever. And there's like videos of people dressed up like cats and they act like cats. Have you ever heard of furries? And, oh, you, well, that's different though. Uh, yeah. But this is people that generally do the, all the cat stuff. Like, um, I'm a cat. I don't know if we've opened like up. I'm a snake guy, right? I just feel like it's we've like, opened up a really big, bad box. Like Pandora's box is open right now. And you're not listening to music, but all the crazy's coming out, right? I just, there's so much weird happening. And okay. No, I, it's, I, it's, I, there's so much boredom is happening. It, is this created by safe spaces? No, I, what I think, I really do think that. that <laughs> Are you sure? I will take the. Give it to me, dude. Deadpool's advocate switched <laughs> on this situation. Okay. And I would more attribute it to everybody has a phone that records video now. Everybody has like these apps that like they want to become famous for something. People are freaking bored from quarantine and whatever crap. I mean, like there's a guy, there's like four dudes in Australia that have a YouTube channel. And it's literally nothing but dropping stuff off of tall places. That's a thing. And they have, they have like 25 million views per video. This is our new, our new job. Dude. Wow. All they do is just drop stuff off either like a dam or a tower. Like literally that's all it is. Some of you have probably even seen, I think it's like called how ridiculous basketball one. So it's not the guys that do dude. Perfect. Those guys are rad. (laughs) And those, those guys are. Yeah. Like where they're like top of a like football stadium, throwing it off the upper deck into a hoop. Like 
And you know, it took yeah. him like 500 tries or something stupid like that. Some of them are, yeah, I don't know. That's amazing. But these guys literally just go up on top of stuff and drop it and see what happens. That's so weird. And they're so weird. Stupid rich. So, (laughs) what are we doing with this podcast? Cell phones. (laughs) (laughs) I just, you know, there's. I I will take. So, yeah, to finish my thought of that. Yes, please. You get the the product of Horse Girl was probably built by somebody that. Hey, I'm decent at trotting like a horse. Let's see how many views I can get. You think so? Have you seen that? Um, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm because I think it's way too ridiculous to think of anything other. Have you that. seen the video of the, the girls that have the fake stick horses, you know, and they go through and do like a tournament style. If, as if they were on real horses, have you, have you seen that? Have you ever been to a rodeo? I've been to plenty of them. Yes. They do that with like little kids, but this is like that, but it's like, um, <laughs> like a legit thing, I guess. I boredom, dude, I'm telling you, we're running out of stuff to watch, but what parents backed it up and said, let's make this a tournament. Yeah. So we got to start there. Was a the parent like, you know what, sweetie, I really love that. You love your, your fake pony stick horse. Um, well, maybe they didn't get permission. They just did it on their own. Let's create a, Maybe they're rich and they don't have anything else to waste money on. So like, why not become so, but I think that's a safe place thing. <laughs> sure. Like just, it's so, oh, it's so weird, man. I don't know. I did stupid stuff when I was younger. Like I, I can think of, we used to have a poker tournament, um, in the back of my truck. I had an 87 Nissan pickup, mm-hmm. the ketchup packets, what I called it because it was red. And, nice. Um, that's a theme in your life. <laughs> I have a red car. No, no, no. <laughs> Um, anyways, so I found a spool, you know, how they put like the cable, like you've seen the giant wood spools mm-hmm. that like get towed around on trailers. We found one sitting on the side of the road one night. That's a great, I mean, it is a really good poker table. Yeah. Put it in the middle of my bed of my truck. We all sat around it, like hung out or like played poker downtown. And, but did you grab your, your wooden horse afterwards and trot around? <laughs> so one night we we're like, Hey. Let's play craps, right? We've got dice. No, 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 no. Not a little die. My parents, I don't know where they got them, but like back in the day, they had literally, they're like four foot by four foot cube. That's insane. Foam die. We went downtown and we played craps with giant fuzzy foam die. And it was, that was kind of cool. That's okay. That's. That's really cool. I'll put that out there. That is really cool, actually. Um, and you want to like make people stop and like figure out what in the world you're doing? Stand on the side of like Main Street. Lewis and they used to have like you cruise a loop on Friday and Saturday nights. Like mm-hmm. that was the thing you did because gas was a dollar one a gallon. Yeah, it wasn't crazy expensive anymore. Yeah. I could fill up for five bucks and be good for a week and a half. I miss that. Um, I miss those days. Um, but yeah, you want to make people stop and like, what are you guys doing? Like, especially police officers. What are, you, what are you kids doing? We're playing craps. Okay. You're drinking? No, we're just playing craps. <laughs> Have a nice night. Yeah, like, I mean, <laughs> like, you weren't doing anything wrong. That's, that's, uh, I mean, you, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, we so used to do weird stuff like that. Cell phones are making it so we can record everything, right? Yeah. And that's, uh, that's a good thing, I guess. Although there's so much crap we're recording that it's awful. So, like, we're seeing, 
think about that. Let's go, let's rewind 10, 15 years, right? Mm-hmm. The beginning of cell phones that would record or even still had video cameras, right? Or digital cameras. They were such garbage. Uh-huh. But what was the most popular show on MTV at that time? I don't know. Jackass. What did everybody try to copy? You're right. Jackass. Okay. I think it's no different than now. Like, I mean, I really look at like everybody sees stupid stuff on YouTube. Okay. Well, I'm into stupid stuff too. TikTok. Like what? Like TikTok dance videos. Come on now. (laughs) So I was like, literally I watched one where they had what's his face strapped to um, a, what is it? A honey pot. Oh yeah. The, the uh, ported pot, porta potty. Porta potty. Yeah. Okay. Right. Yeah, yeah. So, and he's strapped inside of it and he's like, they all seatbelted in. Like no, that? he's all seatbelted in. And I'm like, what is going on? Right. Cause I'm like, I didn't recognize anybody. I didn't watch Jackass, but I'm like, okay, what is happening here? Um, and then they all, they're all laughing and they back out and they shut the door and they lock it. And he's attached to two giant cranes and a slingshot. And they shoot him in the air and there's video on the inside. And I'm like, oh dear God, let it be empty. And it's not nope, empty. It's not empty. And poo is everywhere yeah. flying and he's puking in. The shock factor alone of that show. Yeah. Like where they tricked Chris Pontius into walking into a horse trailer. I think Bam Margera was there too. Mm-hmm. And Bam's like deathly afraid of snakes. They put him in a horse trailer and they flip and lock that thing and put a King Cobra in there. That would not be okay. And they thought, they're all laughing. And I'm like, yeah, I would be dying. <laughs> like, yeah. It's, <laughs> wow. So, I mean, I look at shock factor. Like, yeah, that show was pretty crazy. But, I mean, I, I you know, we kind of started. We, <laughs> me and, if well, we're going to look at if we're How did at, we get from like, that to being so upset about everything? I don't does that can anybody answer that question for me out there that we've had the most offensive cartoons in history starting from when I was a kid basically um up until now right and now everybody's really offended by everything um cuz the ones that aren't offended by everything I think are the ones that were laughing at jackass the ones that were are offended by everything now were the ones that didn't like jackass maybe I don't know, man. I didn't really watch Jackass, but like I loved watching. Or their mom was Karen that was mad at the world. I don't know. No, I mean, yeah. Helicopter moms have a lot to do with it. Like, I mean, like I love South Park. I love Beavis and Butthead. I loved everything. Like, comedy, comedy back then was so offensive. Like, it was in your face offensive. And it was amazing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And now it's like, instead of shock comedy, I think it's more like, shock drama and political stuff and sexuality. I've been watching dry bar comedy. Yeah. Which is actually really entertaining. Yeah. Right. They don't, they don't, they don't cuss, right? Yeah. No, not at all. Yeah. But, but it's still great. I mean, if you think about all the greats of, of comedic movies and their standup standup was, Oh my gosh. Eddie Murphy back in the day. Holy smokes. Right. Take it back even farther. George um, Carlin. Gene Wilder. Uh, Richard Pryor. Um, Richard Pryor. Oh, Richard Pryor, dude. You'd watch the movies and you would never expect it. I know. You're like, he's wholesome. 
No, no. He, he was the <laughs> no. toy, remember? No, 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 no. He was in Brewster's Billions, and you're like, what? Oh, and then you see his stand-up, and you're like, oh, my gosh. Robin Williams? Yeah. Nobody would have guessed that one. No. I mean, yeah, you, let's, you, we, you could go into comedians from those days, like, oh, man, what's the... I'm trying to think of the short, fatter guy. Um, rats. Oh, they're like, I'll be, like, laying in bed at 2 o'clock in the morning, and it'll, like, come to me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> see, so yeah. No, like, I mean, and you could look at, but thing like now, you know, I think there was a division even within comedy. Cause like, I'm serious. I will still stand to this day. Like one of the best standups ever, Dave Chappelle and not his new stuff, mm-hmm. his original, the killing them softly. Oh yeah. my gosh. That was amazing. Yeah. Unbelievable. But even like, I mean, you could go to like Larry Cable guy back in the day was like, Larry's like, but in Larry's is. Well, I mean, weird cousin funny. Yeah. But like, he was just like to such an extreme. It was like, so I don't and know. what was it? Uh, was it Jeff Foxworthy did the, uh, you might be redneck if uh-huh. well, that whole thing is based around offending people mm-hmm. because if, if you laugh, it's super, or like, obviously it's humorous. Right. But that's, that's the Checking whole premise. Out, it picks out the obvious though. Mm-hmm. It's like making fun of the obvious things that like things that we see every day and we kind of take for granted. Like, Oh yeah, that is pretty, pretty funny. Yeah. What happened? Because I, I look at it and it's like, oh, that's my family. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I totally, it's true though, right? Yeah. And I totally like, Oh yeah, that. my dad does that. Okay. <laughs> mm-hmm. That uh, was the best thing there. No, I mean, and so, I mean, you're right. Cause we, we've ended up now. Everybody just gets like, throws tantrums about everything. Yeah. So instead of like. I guess we might be taking the wrong approach of looking at it. Like is a safe space is creating it. I think it's more of like, is it a lack of discipline that's creating all of this stuff? And that's why everybody's so mad and upset about everything is because like you were, weren't like you could throw a tantrum and like, they were the kids that were undisciplined. Like, dude, your tantrum you, is like about something that's ridiculous. And now like, or encourage, Oh, you're just upset. Well, do you think it's that? <laughs> I mean, because really I feel like, I feel like that whole helicopter parent type style is that we're not allowing our kids to have to deal with adversity. Oh yeah, you, right? absolutely. So it's rem- yeah, removal. When you when you learn how to deal with the adversity, then you could look at somebody else with a different viewpoint and go, uh, whatever, or f them, but who cares? Because I'm gonna keep it to myself. Or so I, I did a post on Facebook a while ago, and specifically it was about the fact that you can keep scrolling; you don't have to comment. And guess what happened? People commented. People commented. Like freaking crazy. Oh, I'm sure. Everybody has an opinion. Social media. And it it literally reinforced my comment of, dude, if you're offended, you just keep scrolling. You don't have to say anything. And they kept going off. And I'm like, right now you're reaffirming the fact that you just want to be upset about something. You want some outrage somewhere. Maybe. (laughs) I don't know. I mean, I could even look at it. Um. Look at it relationally in arguments. And, you know, this is a chance for guys to sit here and be like, you know, we've all been in a relationship to where, all right, what are you mad about today? Mm-hmm. You know, to your spouse. What's next? What's next? Oh, here we go again. I literally just woke up. Did you have a bad dream where I cheated on you and now it's my fault all day long? <laughs> How does that make any sense? <laughs> but like, seriously, though. It's, it's a reflection of society too. Like that in a microcosm of, you know, something you want to argue about something for a reason, but why are you arguing? What, what is the real point of the argument? Is it about that offense 
or is there something bigger at play that you're really, you know, is there underlying like disdain or whatever? And you're not, you can't voice what's really bugging you. So you just pick up the small things and let the small things fester to big things because it's easier. Wow. It's kind of profound. Like that's totally. Wow. I don't even know how to feel. I mean, gosh, it's a good question, right? So is it, you know, they always talk about the last straw that breaks the camel's back. Yeah. Why was there straw on the camel first is my, my first question. I never understood that, but um, maybe camels transport a straw back and then who knows, but you're right. I mean, it's, it's always what a bunch of little pl- things. What if they're plastic straws and the camel is picking up trying to save sea turtles. Oh yeah. I could see that being having some value there. <laughs> Maybe in today's environment. <laughs> but yeah, seriously, I mean, is it is it these here's here's a harder part. When we're involved in relationships, you so let's say you're dating, right? Or you meet somebody they're amazing and you're dating. And as you're dating, you're you're suiting them, right? So I'm not talking like contemporary dating. We're talking about being suitors. Yeah, yeah. And you're not always you're, with them 24-7. Pursuing, yeah. pursuing the individual, sure. Yeah. Once you start actually dating, right? Once you're together often, at that point, there is a micro uh, a magnifying glass literally placed over the relationship. And I think that's part of the issue is that people aren't working through that, that piece because if I'm around you all the time, now I'm looking at everything, right? Every little bit, every every fault, anything I can find unintentionally, but it's going to happen. Yeah. But while you're suiting, now you've got these, these glamorous ideas of who this person is, right? You're almost um, imparting who you think they are on them as you're away from them. So you start going this great affection for them. And then they finally come out in real because you spend more time with them under the magnifying glass. And you're like, this person is nothing like what I thought. You know, it's, I look at it in the sense of, you know, let's look at it at work, right? You go home from work and like, how was your day? Oh, it's freaking awful. Oh, it's terrible. Well, what happened? Oh man, I had this phone call and the guy was a complete and total jerk. And then like said, he was going to buy something and then totally blew me off. And man, just ruined my whole day. One phone call ruined your whole day. You know, that 20, 30 minutes you spent what, yeah, yeah. 12 hours. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, but it's like, what, well, who else did you talk to? Oh, I talked to this really sweet lady. Um, you know, and I ended up getting her blah, blah, blah. I mean, you could, you know, we stay in our industry. Like, but it's absolutely right? true. But like, we could have like five sales and you focus on the one dude that blew you off. Yep. And so when you want to be pissed off about something, you're going to look for things to be pissed off about. It's easier, right? That's where you're cultivating. Like, so if you look at like the garden, what you're tending in somebody, especially in a relationship, if you're wanting to tend to dislike and hate and all these annoyances you're going to start watering those annoyances Mm -hmm. you know you're going to prune the healthy branches off so the unhealthy stuff continues to blossom and grow well we need to change our focus yeah because we see truly what we want you know like there's a saying of like the grass is always isn't always greener on the other side or you look at it and you're like well the grass is greener over there dude they could have a leak in their septic tank and that's why the grass is greener yeah well i mean (laughs) people don't realize that Having a green grass takes a lot of freaking work. Yeah. Like it, we had, we had one of the nicest lawns up here. Right. Um, and I literally, after work every day would go out there and work on it and aerate it and, and take care of it and cut it. Like it was amazing. Tons and tons of work. 
but nobody wants to put the effort into anything anymore. You can go on social media and look and be like, dude, the relationship looks so amazing. Why isn't mine like that? I just, why can't my husband bring me cookies and a dozen roses, a dozen roses. Okay. You saw the one good thing that that individual's done that they're willing to post about in. Okay. So how many other posts have they had this week? (laughs) Uh, Two. One of them was about, you know, some inspirational thought. The other one was about selling essential oils. And then now their husband's good. So Ryan, of- can I interest you in some Ethereum? <laughs> no, are you sure? You want some this Arbonne? is not a multi-level marketing scheme <laughs> or a Ponzi scheme. I guarantee it. All you do. I will give you financial <laughs> advice, unsolicited and unlicensed. Yep. No questions asked. You will make money on this deal. But I'm going to have you buy my product. And then you're going to go out and find your own people to buy products below you. And then and the that more creates- you grow, you make more money. Doesn't sound anything like Amway at all. It's a weird. It's a reverse funnel system. <clears throat> well, there's no tangible product, it's not, it's so it's, it's, it can't it's be a, bad at all. Yeah, yeah, it's a reverse funnel system. <laughs> it's so crazy. <laughs> You've seen it's always sunny in Philadelphia. Yeah, get that reference. No, I got it. All this, all this craziness out no. there. Um, but no, I do. I do blame. Like, I mean, if you want to take the relationship aspect of it, though, like of you know bad behavior or with what may appear to be bad behavior. Or what may appear to be, you know, faults in a relationship. Mm-hmm. You know, like I had a I had an old school marriage counselor, and I love him to death, man. He's a great guy, and seems Charlie, and he's like Ryan. You're gonna get annoyed a lot with your, well, not my ex, but you have to keep one thing in mind. Is it a ten or a two? He's like, what? What do you think a ten would look like in a in a panic, anger? upset situation what would a 10 look like so tristan what would a 10 look like to you in a relationship we're talking about bad things and not visually right death <laughs> yeah 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 it's so like Sorry. death would be a 10 yeah any Immediate major yeah. danger yeah crimes committed against that individual if she goes to bed with a knife in her hands and you're sleeping next to her I, that's, that's a, a 10 that's, that's a 10 i feel like that's definitely a 10 what would a 2 be she passed gas and covered my face under the blankets. Hot box, yeah. That's um in Dutch oven. <laughs> do girls fart? Is that real? Do they? Do they just glitter? They like sneeze and poof, little glitter comes out. <laughs> it's like osmosis. Their farts just travel out of their skin, and it makes them smell like roses. I mean, I've got a daughter, and the best part is that I, I have I have many friends that are female, and they love talking about stuff and being real with me. And apparently, they're gross. Yeah. They're gross as we are, so yeah, if not more gross in some ways. But yeah, but um, no, like, I know what you're saying though. Yes, like so, like a two. What would a two look like? Okay, you left a cup on the nightstand for too long. No big deal. You know, are you going to treat that two like a ten? Are you going to come unhinged and go attack the individual's mom and dad and everybody else in the family and that they're a failure at life because they left a cup on the nightstand? That's insanity. <laughs> Did that happen? Maybe. <laughs> I spoke way too convincingly. Yeah, I was like, good Lord, man. It's, it sounded like you had something behind that, just a little bit anyway. Um, but wow. no, like, yeah, tenor. I mean, it's like if you're in a relationship with an individual and like you guys have, you're going to have struggles, man. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. But like, also, do you know what the word grace means? Mm-hmm. 
Sometimes those people just like have, do you ever, have you ever forgot? Oh, like, do you ever just like not remembered things? Like, you know, that it's not right, but you just like, uh, it's like speeding, right? I was going five over. I got pulled over. Do you know if I was going? Yeah, I was speeding. I forgot. Like I just wasn't paying attention. And then we well, you know that happens. Yeah. Your foot gets heavy. You don't even think about it. Yeah. Same thing can happen in a relationship. Oh yeah. How much grace are you going to extend? You know, you have the one cop that's like, buy the book. Here's your ticket. Don't do mm. it again. Or you can have the the officer that extends grace to you. Hey, let me offer the warning this time. I know you're slowly getting on downhill. Like, just don't let it happen. You know. Yeah. So you're Careful. doing one fifteen and a twenty, but don't I do it again. The, I popped the clutch. Yeah. <laughs> That's why it was an accident. It was an accident. So, <laughs> do you want to know what I hate right now? There's not not hate. If you get cheated on, yeah, come on, court. By all means, Lowe's. Like, yeah. Lowe's, and it's it's <laughs> the this new. Um, these new makeup techniques, butterfly eyes. No, when you know how you can pop on almost any social media platform and there's a girl teaching you how to do their makeup and they're like, here's a blot here and all the way here. And then you blend it. Here's in, all of my imperfections. And you form this, right? And I'm going to cover all of them. So you can't, let me show you how to cover all of my imperfections. And so you like, you go from looking one way to being a completely, literally a different person. Right. And I feel like war paint is awful because because when I go to bed with somebody, I want to wake up to that person. Yeah, you don't want to wake up next to Harry and the Hendersons. No, I don't want to. I don't want to be like, hey, you are so beautiful. Thank you for an amazing night. Hey, Chewbacca, and you wake you up in from? the morning and you've got a bro laying next to you. Right? Wolf. Who's the dude? <laughs> like that's no, or, or like you have like you could go on a let's just say like. I don't really have the, the, the whole like going to bed with individual problem in my life a lot. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't think, but like, I would say that's my thought process. Yeah. Yeah. No, no. I, I know. I understand what you're saying. I mean, it would be like equivalent of, Hey, I went on a date with Jennifer Aniston and in the morning I had breakfast with Kathy Bates. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. <laughs> or what, what's the dude's name? That's always in all the, um, Ron Howard's ugly brother. Oh, that's, oh, that's fair enough. Yeah. That'll work. <laughs> But seriously, I mean, that's where it's at. Like, or Steve Buscemi. Steve Buscemi is, is a very good example. Waking up to him. Why, why do you think we've gone so far away from the days of natural makeup? Remember when people treated makeup like salt? If you add too much salt to your food, it ruins it. And now they want all the salt. Because I, I, I want to see somebody that uses makeup to naturally accent who they are. To bring out just what's there. Right. And not change it completely. Yeah. It's short of like sounding like a chauvinist pig that I'm sure that we'll get called up in the segment. Well, no, there are, there are dudes that do their makeup too. So I'll no, be real with that. Um, no, but like it's saying that, you know, it could stem from, you know, somebody does a little makeup, like puts on a little eyeliner, a little mm-hmm. lip gloss when they're, you know, a teenager. Yep. Oh, you look really pretty today. And then, Some is good. More is better. Right. Okay. That's like dudes and everything else. Well, it's like going and working out, right? Some is good, more is better. Oh, well, I'm going to freaking... I just, I find that almost everyone looks the same now. Every every girl in their, <clears throat> what, their 20s-ish... Smoky, their smoky eyes with like the... They're all like Kardashians. Like, yeah. literally, they're all doing the same poses. They all do the, I mean... The butt flex with the lip. Everything. Yeah, like, yeah. Even if you see just face shots. Again, scroll through TikTok. You'll find a hundred women look the same. Yeah. Same makeup, same poses, same everything, right? And I'm like, we're, we're so far 
into being super individual that we're all the same now. It's like, have you seen that? What is it? The, the technique is called smiling as big as you can with your eyes, but then stop smiling. Yeah. And then you hold your up. Yeah. And, that's, yeah. and you're like, that's, that's your model. What, look. That's your model. Look what? Okay. <laughs> but then all the makeup's the same. So I don't know, ladies. I don't know why, why we went down this track. It was, uh, it was just a random thing. That, I, you know, I was thinking about, about dude. Like I, what I look at really, if I'm looking at looks in mm-hmm. a woman, natural features, like I, I do love it. Like she's classically beautiful, like without a ton of makeup and all that stuff. Um, I will look at, it sounds weird, but it, guys, you know where I'm coming from with this. I'll look at mom. And if mom is like 50 and still pretty or 60 and still pretty, I'm like, Oh, the house has good bones. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> To an extent, uh, but yeah, I don't know if you're following me on like the no, theory I there, totally but do. yeah, like I, I, think mean, we, I mean, eat, I, the genetics are good in that family. I think so. even women do the same thing, right? And I really yeah. think that they they do. We all have some weird quirk we look at. Um, Which males are funny though, because we get like our hair from our mom's dad, not our dad. Mm-hmm. I mean, there there are some features that you will gain from your father sometimes, but very rarely do males. This is genetics. Very rarely do the males look a lot like their dad when they're grown up which is really weird yeah hmm. kind of interesting yeah because my kid i look at him now and i see a lot of me in in owen so i like, see i mean i see his mom in him too but yeah um there's certain like his hair and his eyes and stuff and like some of the oh, i totally see his hair yeah oh his hair and mine are crazy yeah. like i'll show you a picture later <laughs> of me and him like me like rocking a moon boots and a cowboy hat on a bike and so it's I, like looking at him <laughs> I guess we should digress a little bit from just hanging out and uh, actually talk about something that matters. Although we've, we've made a couple of decent points so far. Yeah. No, I mean, we've touched on relationship stuff, but yeah. Um, even how this applies as a dad, like, I mean, you're, if you got a girl, like you're going to encounter some of this stuff. Mm-hmm. So, you know, let's take it from the, you know, if we're going to have focus on the makeup thing, like, you know, roles as a father with a, if you've got a, if you're a dad, a girl dad, like, what can you reinforce in your daughter that she doesn't have to look to the makeup to make herself feel beautiful? There's a lot of reinforcement on your part. And that's what we talked about. I think in episode one was like, girls have a tendency to pick up cues of their beauty from their father. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and it's the security part. So like, if they're getting affirmation from their dad, I mean, dads tell your daughters they're stinking beautiful. I think there's part- nothing wrong in that. Are the daughters looking at the, who the father is dating or married to, right? In an association of this is how I should look also. Yeah. Okay. Or if there's a split household, right? And mom looks a certain way in order to, how does mom look when she has guys around? Yeah. If mom's, if mom's going to the nines and tens, you know, like putting it all out there. Oh, that's what mom does when she Needs a guy or needs attention from guys. Here's a fun fact. Does anybody know what dressing to the nines means? Ryan, do you, uh, it's okay. Cause I know exactly what it is and it's all right if you don't, cause this is tough and maybe I'll just say it. I'll say it. Okay. I've heard it before and I'm trying yeah. to remember. So, I know it's not, it's like, an old school term, right? And dressing to the nines means that the tailor used the nine yards. That's right. Of fabric to make the stuff. And that's really what dressing to the nines meant. And you that's have why fewer it was so, hems. If you use more fabric. Yes. Yeah. But it was, it, it was a, a very good thing, right? So yeah. 
if you're young and you don't know what that means, it's basically it's you're dressed up to the point where there's nothing more you can do, quite literally, for the most part there, right? It's like saying the uh, whole nine yards. Do you know what that one is? Sin fabric. Not a foot. Nope. <laughs> whole nine yards was the amount of ammo they could hold on one on on a plane back in the day. And when they spent the whole nine yards, they were done. Yeah. Okay. I've gotten the whole nine yards. Nine yards. Weird, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's a lot of freaking ammo if you think about it. Because that's on clips. These are people. There's a difference between magazine and clips. Yeah. And clips hold each piece on, and they break off after it shoots out. It's a lot of ammo. Kind of cool. Yeah, that yeah. is a lot of ammo. Um, <laughs> tangents, love it. Yeah. Um, but no, like even okay. So you know, like look at you know us. You have a daughter, obviously. So mm-hmm. you know, you can speak to. She's picking up on cues from you and how, you know, she should be valued by a man someday. Yes. Sooner than later. Cause I mean, she is getting older. No offense to you. I'm old older too. So. I'll get there. <laughs> I mean, that's why you got a lot of guns, right? Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, but, but I mean, if the, if your daughter's going to pick up on your cues, you know, what healthy habits are you building for them to build off of? I look at my son too. Like, you know, I don't have the female in the household thing. So like, mm-hmm. I'm, you know, it's like, well, what can I teach? You know? And it's like, okay, I can teach him how to be a man, you know, like I, and, and not like a man in the sense of like toxic masculinity, man, but like, like ask, masculine. Yeah. Ask questions, like be able to communicate, to treat others with respect, to be courteous and to be, you know, polite and these are all masculine traits. Yeah, absolutely. The toxic piece is the, the serve the me. Well, it's, it's the <laughs> uber masculinity is the issue. It's not masculinity is not bad in general. It's, it's the Crunch. uber, the over the top, the, I have to act it out. I have to be whatever. So over the top that now, you know, I'm really masculine. No, let me, that's let me, toxic. Yeah. And it's, you know, I'm willing to step on you to be more masculine than you. Yeah. And that's, that's not healthy. And, you know, so when I don't have, you know, the female aspect in the household yet, you know, how can he pick up on me on, on my manliness or my, what does a man do? You know, one thing that we've been really big on the last like month and it was something that I'm like, man, I mean, I live in a Christian house. Like I'm a Christian. Like, I mean, I'm I'm pretty outspoken about it. I would say Mm -hmm. enough. I'm not like over the top. Um, but at home, like I wasn't like diving into the Bible with him enough. You know, like we would do like the little cartoony stories, mm-hmm. which is, is good to an extent, but like, where do those stories come out of? Like, where do they come from? They don't exist. Just, I didn't want him to realize that like the Bible is nothing but a bunch of stories. Like, if that makes sense. Yeah, I agree with that. Like, I think because then he would think of it as a fairy tale as opposed to like a living, breathing book like i I think for you though at his age it's we all start small yeah you know and then you build up to it and then he'll start asking those questions that matter and then you can answer those good questions yeah and so it's like i've been still doing the stories but supplementing it of going back into the book without pictures and reading it Mm -hmm. and then like helping him like do you have any questions about like that like why would why would somebody say that or what would that mean and seeing if he understands and then helping him understand because you kind of see like the light bulb moment Instead of just, oh, cool colors and pictures. Sweet, man. That's rad. Yeah. You know, like Noah's Ark. Look at all the animals. Okay. Yeah, that's cool. But like, 
let's look at the significance behind it too. Like, and, and, and I know that he's young, he's five years old. So like, it's going to take time to, to build those like deeper questions and understanding, but like being able to be, it's the intentionality piece. And so let's look at whatever it is. Like if we want to be intentional with our kids and with our time as dads, you know, let's look at what, it, make a list of things that are important in your household. What are we going to be known for? You know, we're going to be respectful. Okay. What's respect look like? How can I model respect, but also how can I like instruct? Like what should, what should respect be? Mm-hmm. And make it the expectation known. Like, you know, if we're going to be respectful or, you know, I'm, I'm thinking of, of some friends that listen to this podcast, they might t- take, they're not going to take like the same life of faith that I do. And that's fine. So like, what principles do you follow? You know, that, that are important, you know, whether it's, you know, you're going to work hard. What does hard work look like? You know, what is a good work ethic? Somebody that's going to be willing to, Sometimes it means doing hard work for no pay. Yeah. You know, it's interesting that, um, because we talk about faith and faith in general is worship, right? Yeah. Um, a lot of people want to say, Oh, I don't have any faith on whatever, but truly they do worship something. Mm -hmm. You can see that in their everyday stuff. It could be, I mean, it could be money, could be a car, could be anything, right? Could be their looks. It's whatever they value the most above something else is what they worship. Um, and it seems like people that choose to worship uh, a deity of some sort, right? And I'll, I'll put it that way because I'm going to leave it general, of course. But they they typically don't pursue the other ones, the more negative aspects. You know sure. what I mean? Yeah. Like, I mean, if you could teach hard work, but you could also, you don't, we don't have a tendency if we're teaching hard work teach, to help kids understand that the reflex of that is a negative. Yeah. So like you can work too much and then you're ignoring your family because you're willing to just go to work instead. Like, you know, if we're willing to do things for other people, the reflex of that is like with generosity and your, or your time, you can stretch yourself too thin. That is a negative. Mm -hmm. So you have to be able to say no too. like, so as much as you want to say yes to helping people, you also have to understand when to say no. Exactly. Yeah. And you know, so like as dads, like we look at this and it's, you don't want to leave yourself open and it open that, and that this can go, this discussion can go into like opening the door for being manipulated. It can open a door into being, um, manipulative yourself. Uh, I think it, you know, it all goes down to intentions and intentionality. Um, if that makes we sense, have to, yeah. no, it really does. We have to also, I, part of the te- the the hard part and the most tedious part about raising children is teaching them their value. And that goes into the when to say no, when to say yes. Because if you don't know your value, you're going to say yes all the time, right? Or you're going to be the total opposite and say no all the time because you just don't understand your value yeah, or your place is. Uh, I think there's just too many people out there have the emotional incest so to such an extent that their kids don't realize that they're worth more than you just dumping all of your woes in them. Oh. Or making them the the head of the household because you don't want to take that role. Well, you start setting unrealistic, like, I don't want to say goals because it's not a goal. It's like, it's an unrealistic role that they should have to fill. Like, I'm sorry, but like a seven year old kid is not supposed to be the light of stability within a household. Not at all. (laughs) I mean, if we know kids, you know, like, if you're looking at looking at your kid to be the one that's like, oh, I'm just, I'm so glad they center me. Oh. 
I hear that. And I'm like, gag. Like, mm-hmm. dude, you're sick. Your, your kids are your, like, there's one thing of like having a kid be like the light of your life. Like that is important. Like that's, that's totally okay. Totally okay. But oh, my kids just, they ground me so much. And like, they, you know, they, they bring so much. I don't know. Maybe that's, maybe, maybe I'll play devil's advocate on this because maybe that person is using the wrong term. They don't understand that. Okay. Right. And cause maybe instead of saying, so we'll take me for example, you know, um, I really feel like kids made me become a better person. Right. They give me purpose. It's, it's amazing. You need to give yourself purpose, right? Yeah. Like, but they don't, they yeah. don't give me total purpose. It's just that they made me become who I am. Yeah. And, There's a difference. and because I needed some more, more responsibility or more whatever to challenge me enough to make me grow. Right. Yeah. And I look at it like you could have the extent of like using the purpose statement, right? Like my, my child gives me so much purpose. You know, he's such a good kid. Just gives me a good purpose. What happens when your kid's a schmuck? No more purpose. Yeah. I'm not, yeah. I don't have purpose anymore. I'm a, I'm a lost cause. Kids will eventually be a schmuck. It's yeah. normal. Yeah. They're they going to go through They're going to lie. They're going to they get in trouble. They're going to do things that like you wouldn't think that they would normally do. And you're like, what the crap am I doing as a parent? Yep. And it's going to happen, you know, but like ultimately, or should your purpose be, it's not going to be living. My purpose isn't my kid living for me. Your purpose should be like outside of that. Like, I mean, I'm, I'm a, my personal faith. Like my purpose lies within that because all the rules are set pretty cut and dry mm-hmm. for where boundaries should exist and everything else. If you have no purpose, as far as you have no guidepost, of what you're looking for in your life, you're going to be such a, I'm trying to, without using like a really crazy (laughs) psychological term, but like, I mean, your life would be discord. Like this literally just, you're going to be bipolar as a, as a human. Yeah. Not just in a behavioral setting, but like you're going to have such extreme highs and lows because you have no, no boundaries. You have nothing to look to. You have to have a foundation of yeah. something, yeah. right? And, and we all need that. No matter how much we don't want to agree to that statement, we need a solid foundation. The man who stands for nothing is the one who will fall for anything. Exactly. Yeah. And that's why you get such insane highs and lows on that side. Yeah. I mean, you look at a parent, you know, if, I know people that are atheists, right? And as parents, I know some that are good parents, but it's also because they have boundaries. And everything else, but nobody's perfect. Obviously, the ones that like really just—it's—they try making like money and you know going on trips and having a lot of stuff. Like make those their gods. Twerk theirs. Well, my foundation lies within he who has most stuff wins. Mm-hmm. Dude, their life is freaking chaos, and usually their kids follow suit and they pursue the wrong things. Yeah, and. You know, so it's like as a, as a dad, like, you know, I have my goals, like I've got my mission statement. I have, you know, things that I do daily and I have a routine and I clue my kid into my routine of this is why dad does this, you know, like now, like with my morning devotional stuff, like cluing him in, like, Hey dad, why do you wake up at five forty-five to read? You know, when you could be sleeping longer, it's like, well, cause this is important to me. 
Oh. And you place value on that. Yeah. And you can see that. This helps me be a better dad. This helps me be a better person. You know, like that there's reasons why I do it. Um, I don't know if I went on a tangent with that, but no, it's, it's totally okay. I mean, it's just, it's, it's one of those things. It's a lot like when people diet Yeah, every January and setting a, uh, right. I mean, yeah, they, and they really do. Yeah. You have a resolute, you're resolute. <laughs> and, but, <laughs> but it's not valuable enough to them until it comes to a point where it's critical. Right. Yeah. So a lot of people wait till it's absolutely critical. They lose weight or they die. Here's your two options. Yeah. Which one are you? Okay. Choose? I guess I'll finally lose weight. Right? I'll commit to it. And then, and, and that's, that'll happen. Right. But then you have some people that even in that aspect, just the value isn't there because they're like, no, it's, I don't, it's I don't hard. want to. It's, it's hard. It's uncomfortable. Yeah. It's no, it's about, I mean, it's building habits, you know, yep. habit builds comfort, obviously. And, but. and, but you have to challenge yourself. If you want to grow, if you need to do anything better in life, you have to push. It's going to be hard. It's going to be painful sometimes. That's life. Yeah. That, that is really how it is. When you don't quit either. I mean, and I heard a, a great story. I went to a men's breakfast last week at church and um, Keith had said something great. It was like, you know, he was talking to Jim, the pastor, and he's like, I feel like a hypocrite. He's like, you know, as a parent, because I say all these things and I screw up and don't do it. And he's like, <laughs> hey, guess what? You're not a hypocrite. You're a failure. Now that you can acknowledge that you fail, stop doing that so much. If you're a hypocrite, you know, like you're making the obvious choice to do the opposite, right? And that's the difference. Yeah, yeah that's the difference. If you're just failing, <laughs> then grow from it. Grow from it. Yeah. Without fail fast. Learn. Yeah. If you're going to fail, fail fast. Yeah. And no, I totally understand that. Yeah. Do you think that that leads into, uh, or, or kind of those thoughts um, can lead into enabling people at all? I mean, if you feel like, Hey, I'm a hypocrite. So I, I'm one, I'm, I'm going to let my kid keep doing this or I'm going to go, well, yeah, I'm going to make excuses for my kid because I feel I'm hypocritical also. Right. So does that even, what do you think? You know, it, it brings up a good point because, you know, I would say that the enabling is built out of a lack of discipline. It's definitely not, a, not from a place of love. No. Because people don't understand love if they're enabling discipline somebody. Discipline is love anyway. So, I mean, it's a form of love. But um, I think enabling is also a cop-out. Like, it's, it's a form of... The easy way so you don't have to address something. Yeah, it's avoidance. Oh, yeah, I like that. Okay. Oh, that makes sense. I'm not shooting down your thought process, but no, I'm, no, I, I'm I totally agree. It, I'm seeing it from a different different angle. And, but. and, and I like it. No, and I, I totally dig it. I like that. It's That makes a lot more sense. So, I mean, if you it really does. At, yeah, I mean, if you look at, you know, enabling, you know, you're almost encouraging bad behavior. You absolutely are. Because if, if nobody addresses that, if you have somebody that lashes out at you, let's say over something dumb, hey, I, um, I'm hungry, I want to drink the last of the milk, you know the milk's going to be used for dinner, whatever, right? And the person doesn't. And you just go, well, uh, that's them. You know, I'm, I could take an extreme. Like, say you've got a drug habit. Yep. And as a parent, I have a child with a drug habit. I could either help you overcome it. And I would look like I have failed somewhere in my parenting or I can get my hands dirty 
and I can help you get through it. Like join in with it. Let's, let's fight this together. Mm-hmm. Like with the, what would the enabling of the drug habit look like? Hey, let's hide it a little bit better. Yeah. Um, it's not your fault. Let's okay? ignore it altogether. Also. Yeah, let's ignore it. Hey, or it's not your fault. I mean, mm-hmm. it, I'm sorry. You know, you're just going through a lot of stress and it's okay because you, you have anxiety from, you know, trauma that you went through as a child and, and it's not your fault. You think um, part of it is that the parent can sometimes even say, it's my fault that you're doing this. Yes. Right. And that's Absolutely. still enabling. Absolutely. You know, I look at it as that, you know, I mean, I'm in a different situation with my, my child's parent, mm-hmm. you know? And so it's like, I have no control over that behavior over there. Yep. So if I see behaviors in my house, what do I have control over? I have control over, I can't control my child's response. I can control my response. I can control the conditions in which he's raised. Mm-hmm. I can control the environment and it's in which he's raised. I can control the grace that I extend my kid. Yeah. Um, you know, is that enabling? No, that's building boundaries and foundations. Right. Yeah. The enabling that would take place is that, you know, at mom's house, he has behavior issues. And then I say, Oh, that's just your mom's problem. And you're just bringing it here. (sighs) Sorry. So when he goes to school and acts out, I can just blame his mom. Does he, does it does the behavior get acknowledged? Yeah. Mm -hmm. But does it get addressed? Not even once. No. Yeah. Do you think that parents who enable lead to narcissistic children? Yeah, I think it more they lead to manipulative children first. I think that they lead to emotionally immature children. Definitely. Absolutely. Um, they are emotional midgets, I would say. They have knowledge of a lot of key things, but the knowledge is just microscopic. Get a little tiny taste of a lot of different things. So in that, do you think safe places or safe spaces are helping? No, it's enabling. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I know that that kind of contradicts what I said earlier, but But we're taking the approach to it. I know. I mean, but, but just thinking it through because that's all we're really doing here, right? It's just thinking it through. So, I mean, I really feel like that. I feel like that the more we offer these safe spaces, the, the less emotionally mature our children are becoming. And you can see that. Yeah. And I, I mean, we talk a lot about narcissism too in this podcast and which is episode eight, by the way. Um, oh, is this, this, that's what this is. Yeah. This is episode oh, eight. Narcissism. Uh, no, just the podcast episode Yeah, in itself is the eighth. We'll do um, that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Duh. Um, but yeah, we talk a lot about narcissism in this podcast and you know, I don't want to make light that it's like you paint with a really wide brush that everybody you come across is a narcissist. You may have narcissistic tendencies, but they may not necessarily make you a narcissist. Everyone's going to have some sort of self-preservation that appears narcissistic. Yes. Right. They could be extremely manipulative. Yeah. They could be um, very, and it doesn't, a narcissist does it intentionally. Yeah, a narcissist does it because that's ingrained in who they are as a character mm-hmm. attribute. Not necessarily just something that they do to deflect um, 
I mean, deflection is a great deal of what they use, but it doesn't describe who they are. They don't yeah. like use it to, to kind of like make you ignore them. Um, no, I mean, we really need to, I mean, and I think that we had to address this because um, too many people are enabling others and then too many people are accepting others, bad behavior. And just by going, that's that person. We're doing the same thing though with this narcissism term, I think too. Instead of fixing the behavior, it's like, oh, that person's a narcissist. Yeah. And then we're seeing it now, like society has changed the definition of so many different words that now like you can go through a bad breakup and if they treated you like crap, oh, it's just a narcissist. Yeah. Doesn't necessarily mean that's true. It could be mm-hmm. very well. I mean, cause they are, they're, they're prevalent. Don't get me wrong. Very much so. But it doesn't necessarily mean that is the exact case. They could be just extremely manipulative or emotionally immature, or they could have underlying mental health issues that look like narcissism when it's in reality, they could be bipolar or whatever. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you can go through different things, but something narcissism is if you, when you go through a narcissist, I mean, you know, like you've been with one. Um, the, the hard part is that, you know, we we do the podcast so people can recognize different traits and yeah. recognize how people are or even even themselves, right? So in recognition, we can adapt and overcome and apply these things to ourselves and stop doing it to ourselves. But for other people, you can't stop them. Mm. You know, I mean, unless somebody wants to actually change, it'll never happen. You know, a narcissist doesn't have the ability to reflect empathy. At all. It is, that is against by definition what they are. Yeah. Um, so everything would then in turn be, how can it benefit them? Um, and so like, I mean, I could look at like people call president Trump a narcissist. Mm-hmm. Self-absorbed narcissist. He is not. Yeah. And I'll go, I mean, I'll go on a limb. Like I'll defend him on that one. Um, and you know, I look at like Nancy Pelosi, narcissist. Very few things have anything to do with helping anybody other than her and her cause. Like, I mean, yeah. you could look at, look at things like that. And so, you know, like, okay, went political again <laughs> in this episode. But it was, it's a good but example yeah, I mean, because a good example. some people believe these things and they don't see the actual reality behind it. Um, so when you look at Nancy, it's, it almost sounds like she's doing something good, right? Often. She's that, helping she's, you by helping herself. Yeah. So we want to be able to differentiate these things because they're so much of our language is being skewed lately because people don't understand what it means. Yeah. Because I mean, you could look at, let's look at the mask mandate, you know, like this is an example of like, how can you pick it out again? Like we're kind of touching on narcissism. Mm -hmm. Trump kind of just ignored it from the beginning and didn't really change his tone on it much. Um, I mean, he kind of said like, if you want to wear them and be comfortable, you feel it's going to help you feel safe. Do it by all means. Well, he put it in your hands. He said, yeah. look, it's going to be the state's decisions. Yep. It's not my decision. I'm not going to come heavy handed on this. Nancy Pelosi goes like with her district in California is deathly afraid to look at each other. Like you literally, there was a video I watched yesterday of a guy that lives in San Francisco. He has like a travel thing on, on YouTube, like mm-hmm. very, very well-known traveler lives his hometown in San Francisco. He's like, if you, he's like, Oh, watch this. He pulls his mask down below his mouth and he was like 10 feet away from somebody walking down the street and they got all the way over into this, into the road as they went around him. 
He's like, that's how scared people are here. Is that we have leadership that people are that freaked out about this and taking it to an extreme. So you have somebody that's pushing that fear on somebody else to keep power, right? Cause she's protecting them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she can go into that hair salon. No mask. Well, I mean, there, there was I mean, many examples of yeah, her and her family yeah. that did that multiple Gavin times. Gavin different lo- going to, well, yeah, I mean, yeah. He's part of her family also. They yeah, are, yeah. I think he's like a nephew or something, right? Yeah, something like that or son-in-law. But, but it happens constantly. Or whatever. And it truly is, it, it's this way. I mean, like, um, and we're not, we're not trying to get political at all. We're just trying to say this is that the choice is yours, right? We know the virus is real. Yeah. Okay, there's no denying it. We know it can be deadly. We get it. Just like the flu, it can be deadly. And we yeah. know that if you look at the CDC and the WHO and you read all the rates, you can determine for yourself what you wish to do. How deadly is it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then you can adjust your need for care. Like take, I'm going to take my responsibility in my own hands. Yeah. I'm also going to, like, I use this for a great example because I got yelled at the guy at the gym this week, but <laughs> about masks, but uh, like Costco, because I shop there, I wear a mask, right? Mm-hmm. I don't fight them on it. Yeah. Um, and they're just trying to keep their business open yeah, and, and they, I get it. So, yeah, yeah. okay. And that's a corporate thing. You know, so I, I went to a certain gym um, that I've since left <laughs> this week. If you follow me on Facebook, you know, which one um, had it. I walked in and forgot my mask in the car, literally had one with me. I just forgot it in the front seat. Um, and I normally wear one in the front door. I totally spaced it. I was all the way in the gym. Right. I had swiped my key card. I was all the way in mm-hmm. on equipment. Like went on like ready to work out. I get approached by the manager who was not wearing his mask properly and to blow his mouth like on his chin, telling me to put a mask on. And I'm like, I'm already in here. Like I forgot it in the car. I'm sorry. He's like, Well, do you have it? It's like, yeah, it's in the front seat. He's like, go grab it and wear it in. I'm like, no, I'm not gonna do that. Like I, I apologize. I forgot to wear it through the front door, but I'm already in here. There's 50 people in here right now that aren't wearing one. And you're telling me that I have to wear one now. It's like, yep, I am. And I was like, and you're not wearing yours correctly. Neither are your employees as they're walking around. And I pointed out and he's just like, meet me up front. And I'm like, nah, I'm just going to go ahead and cancel my membership right now. I'm out of here. Yep. That was my decision. Like, I wasn't going to take abuse from somebody that was just like pulling a power play. And, that was I, made, and I admitted to making it, I made it, I admitted Man, on him's mistake. I'm here all the time. That guy sees me every time I come here and says hi. And I asked him, I was like, do I normally have a mask on when I come in here? He goes, yeah, your masks are pretty funny. Because I do have like some that were custom made that are mm-hmm. like poke fun at wearing them and all that stuff. And uh, I was like, yeah, I just forgot. I was like, I was here last night and forgot because I took another rig, didn't have my mask in there. And I came in and they said it was fine. Just go on in. Well, literally the, the, the company though says that you know, you have to wear them when you walk through the doors. The first 10 feet. <clears throat> yep. But once you're in the actual working area, you're fine. Uh, he said, technically, you're supposed to be wearing them in between sets and between equipment. And That's I was amazing. like, and I go, do you enforce that? He goes, well, no. And I go, so you're telling me that your rules are already objective. And they're open to interpretation. He's like, yeah. And I go, so the mask walking through the front door, but I go, do I have to wear a mask when I walk out the door? He goes, no. I go, so I pass by that same area, but as long as I'm going out the door, you can't catch coronavirus. <laughs> and he's like, I was like, do you know how ridiculous this sounds? Like you're, you're singling me out of everybody in here, not wearing a mask and you singled me out. 
He's like, yep. I'm like, I'm done. All right. I'd be out too. Yeah. I was like, screw In you, fact, man. I will be canceling the membership. Yeah. I just don't want to go there because I freaking hate going there. Yeah. And besides, I'm pretty sure I set off the lunk alarm the other day. It happens. <laughs> it totally happens. <laughs> I got mad that they didn't have any dumbbells bigger than 70 pounds. <laughs> that, it gets annoying. That's, that's one of the reasons. <laughs> yeah, we, especially if you bench with dumbbells. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. That's my favorite way. I know. Yeah. And yeah. So, um, but just, I mean, there are just power chips everywhere. And more than likely that guy was having a really bad day and really had something happen to him that no, he just he's, he does this to a lot of people. I found out. Oh, well then, wow. Then he's in the yeah. wrong position. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I like corporate no, and I haven't heard back, but I, yeah, I like I normally don't go and complain on things like going to Yelp or whatever and leaving a negative review. Cause it's just so easy to do, but mm-hmm. I actually went to their Facebook page and left like legitly left a negative review. I was like, I, oh, wow. I'm not going to tolerate this guy. Like, walking on me and I realized that like once I talked to a couple of their friends he's been doing it to other people it's been a habit not a good way to keep business no especially in a business like that yeah especially, especially that way especially when there's other options yeah a lot of other options a lot of better options let's be honest yeah um so some something we put in I put in the notes um I was reading a, a book and I like your book by the way a couple I like the, of them. the little clips you sent me there's a couple of books that I'm reading, but, uh, this one is, um, the 30 covert manipulation tactics, but, uh, this about invalidating statements, right? So it's part of bit manipulation. You can even look at this like somebody that's an enabler, um, where maybe you have the opposite where they're the negative, um, critic, hypercritical. Oh yeah. Um, you know, minimalizing your feelings or denying perceptions or making you feel different or telling you how you should feel. Um, or they put on a guilt trip thinking that they need to do the feeling for you and that this is how you should feel. Um, so I kind of want to scroll through a couple of these cause they're, if you hear this in relationships, sometimes it's kind of refreshing to be like, Oh, that's not healthy. So if you're dating somebody or you're in a, a stressful, uh, strained relationship, um, some of these might help you pick up on recognizing it and then call the person out. So, Hey, that's not okay that you can, you can minimalize my feelings that way. Instead of attacking the individual and just instantly saying, Hey, you're whatever X, Y, Z, and you're a jerk say, Hey, you're not recognizing my feelings. You do not get the opportunity to tell me how to feel. And these are actually really common. I mean, really, really common. Yeah. So like one of them, um, I refuse to have this discussion with you. Or you should feel ashamed of yourself for feeling that I mean, way. That's pretty drastic. Yeah. I refuse to have this discussion with you. It's so invalidating. It's not even funny. It's, that is a disgusting statement. It actually absolutely is. I mean, if you have somebody that, like, that literally says, I don't give a flying F about you mm-hmm. and what you feel. Literally, that's what that's, that's stating. Um, it could be worse. I know that we kind of say that in passing. It, when we're uncomfortable or something, oh, it could always be worse. So is that when that one I was thinking about, and there are times when people need to remember it could our first world issues. Yeah. Because we are, we're not in a third world country and I'm sorry. I'm going to say this out loud. A lot of other countries are giant crap holes. Yeah. Even the ones you think are amazing and over the top beautiful. It's because you're looking at where you're vacationing yeah. and not the actual country and how those people actually live. Doesn't mean the people are crap holes. No, sometimes there are some that are, but generally, yeah. I mean, and I'll look at it this way. Like I'm saying it, it could be worse. I go back to what, is it a 10 or a two? Right. Yep. If it's a two, 
you can say, Hey, it could be worse. If it's a 10, if it's a 10 and you're replacing it, Hey, it could be worse. Like, Oh man, my mom died this morning. I'm so sorry. It could be worse. Like you could have died. I could have died. Your kid could have died. You're invalidating their feelings. Mm -hmm. Um, the just stop taking everything so personally. Yep. (laughs) That will, that one in context of a conversation between two people can be valid, right? Sure. But then we also talked about when people take things personally that don't even apply to them, right? So we, on that one, we have to know the line. Yeah. I think you have to know your audience. Yeah. And, and for real though, I'm going to tell people because I, I believe the statement is, is a good one also. A lot of people need to stop taking everything personally. Not everything applies to you. Okay, so take Which this, is true, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> take this from the parent aspect. Do we say any of these to our kids? Well, so for me on this side, I actually live by the stop taking things personally with my kids. So Because they don't mean to. Yeah, and here's the deal though too, is that we have to understand the scope in which our kids are seeing the world. You know, in their tiny little world, some of this stuff can look pretty bad and pretty oh, yeah. bleak. And so we, you know, it's our job to help them realize that like, we can bring them out of that world. Oh, there's a lot of good, right? There's this, this. Yeah. But, but in that moment, like, yeah, I mean, like if they spent an hour building a Lego thing and it fell over and they're freaking out. That'd piss us off too. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, let's be honest. Like this is the same thing where as a mom or dad, you clean up all of their Legos and all of a sudden you come in the room and they're everywhere. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing, right? And at that point, we shouldn't take it personally because they weren't trying to do it against us. They weren't trying to offend yeah, us. Yeah, they're not trying to offend you. Yeah. Yeah. So and like, that's why I invalidate, yeah, so why invalidate your children when they're going through something like that? Yep. Instead, help them understand like, hey, in the grand scheme of things, I know this is it's frustrating. Maybe we do something else to take a break. Yep. And you're not like, and you got to know as a parent too because you can see it as adults though. When is it okay to give a break? Because if it's a break to for avoidance issues, that is unhealthy. They just sometimes they need that. Yeah. So I mean, like it's it's kind of like the tenor two theory again. Like, right? If you're going through an extreme crisis, hey, let's go grab some wine and get over it <laughs> with your kids. No, no, no. Like that's not healthy. Right? <laughs> I know. Um, but if it's like, hey, yeah, man, I just had a tough day at work. Right? Had those couple of difficult calls. Hey, man, you want to like go out in the garage and like, you know, if your neighbor or whatever that you're friends with, mm-hmm. let's go in the garage and talk, man. So I think some of these I'm kind of okay with because they're all situational, right? Yeah. This one though, you are the only one who feels that way. Oh, <laughs> that one I read. Wow. And my skin crawled. Oh, dude. I mean, that one, that one's, that one's tough. You, that's literally saying, dude, you are jacked up. Now there's, there's, you're the, the only one that feels that way. You are so screwed up as a human being. You're the only one possible that can feel like that. There is, there are a couple on here like, yeah, you're just tired. Me as a parent, it's true. Yeah. But if you're using that all the time. Yeah. No. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, it, like my kid throwing a tantrum. Yeah. It's probably because they're tired and kids get hangry <laughs> yeah. or emotional. Oh, you're like, just hungry. It's totally, but it's true though. I mean, yeah. those aspects are absolutely are factual. So, you know, I mean, there, there are some here that totally do have some value and some that contextually, right. So like, based on the context, if you want to deconstruct some of these and put it into a positive spin, 
So where it's not belittling, you know, how would you do some of these? Like, I do this with Dylan all the time, actually. Like legitimately I do with him all the time because, um, he'll go to school and just not eat enough and come home and, and be emotional, kind of whatever. I'm like, dude, are you feeling emotional? Do you need a Snickers right now? And I'm like, do you want a hug? Do you want a whatever? Right. And I, I <laughs> yeah. every day after school, I get a hug, right? It's, it's required. You come in the house, give me a hug. And, and I'll be like, are you hungry? Have you eaten yet? And he's like, no. And I'm like, dude, now we know where it's coming from. Right. And he looks at me. He's like, yes, yeah. you got me. I'm hungry. I'm getting emotional because I'm hungry. And I'm like, eat something scientifically. This is a factual thing. It takes calories to keep control of yourself. You literally burn con- calories just trying to maintain it takes yourself. energy to be upset. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Right. So once we, we burn through all those calories and we don't have any more left to use to maintain control of ourselves, that's when we start letting our emotions control, our, control us. You and know, that literally is a real thing. Yeah. And so I think, you know, we talk about as parents, how to be empathetic too. Mm-hmm. you know, some of these are absolutely just an avoidance of empathy. It's more like, it's an easy way to, to stay a, say a statement so I can raise my hands up and back off and like, just kind of walk away. And yeah. that's not, that's not going to fix anything, right? It's, it's like your car runs out of oil, but you got to the driveway, but you never go and actually put oil back in the car, right? You just don't drive it for a while to kind of avoid the fact that you know that it's out of oil. Yes, I agree. <laughs> Let's um, avoid it completely. Yeah. Um, uh, Some of these, I mean, they, they there's can a be, few down towards the bottom. They really can be taken yeah. both ways, you know, and that's the hard part. Yeah. Some of these I catch and I'm like, well, maybe, I mean, if in the right setting and you kind of got to know your audience, but um, I got one. This just popped out. It hit me. Are you ready? Yeah. I'm sick and tired of hearing it. That goes both ways for everybody in that one. If you are sick and tired of hearing it, fix the freaking behavior. <laughs> the one right above it. This is getting to be pathetic. Oh, ouch. The narcissist in you says, what about my feelings? Yep. Yeah, wow. you, you're not allowed to have those feelings. No. We talk, huh? you, you feel upset? I'm sick and tired of hearing about it. Here's how I'm upset now. Like, that is not healthy. If at any point in time in your life you, you want to say, it's just a phase, right? Then you need to figure out how to work with whoever it is to get them out of this phase. The one right above it. You can just choose to be happy. Ouch. So sometimes, sometimes you can, sometimes so you can't. This is actually opens the door for a decent conversation about the word happiness, right? Or yep. happy. People chase it. You know, happy is fleeting, right? Because it's situational. Mm-hmm. Joy. So you're putting, yeah, like, so it's telling you, you need to choose to be happy. So you need to be choose, you need to choose to put yourself in situations that make you feel good. As opposed to like joy, where it is a choice to live an act, like that act of joy, yeah. like being joyful. Um, you know, like I, I always, I hated hearing it in a relationship too. It was like, I'm just not happy. Okay. What would make you happy? Cause I, I mean, I could eat pizza right now and I'd be happy. I give me, write me a check for 50 grand. I'm going to be happy for a little while. Mm-hmm. Doesn't mean I'm going like, to feel any better about the situation, about our relationship. That's happy. Like, okay. You know, go back to like the grass isn't always greener theory. Yeah. You know, it's like, 
well, they're happy. Why can't I be happy? I wish I was happy like them. I see them smiling in their pictures, so they must be happy. It's like, dude, some of us know those situations. Like, he's like sleeping with two other girls. She's got a dude on the side. Mm -hmm. Like, or she's about ready to leave him. Everybody knows it except for him, but he doesn't care because he's got a side piece. And I mean, like, it's not, there's no happiness there. No. Sweet, they're in Mexico right now. So, okay, so they're miserable. Faking happy in Mexico. Yay, they got a tan. They're they're unhappy it's but just, tanner. They're having more fun <laughs> in that level. Yeah. Here's here's one. Oh my gosh, man. This one sucks. That's what you're so excited about. <laughs> Ouch. Because then you're Ouch. trying to be happy about us or joyful about a situation. Or you are joyful about something you've accomplished or done and you're feeling amazing and someone comes at you with that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, seriously. <laughs> Church Lord. Down, yeah. Um you're just making a big deal out of nothing. Yeah. Wow. So it says that invalidation can be conveyed without words. Nonverbal invalidation includes actions like leaving the room, giving the silent treatment, rolling your eyes. Uh, with increased awareness, you'll begin to notice invalidating comments and behaviors. How someone responds to your emotions and perceptions will indicate how they respect you, and how much they care about you and your feelings, how capable they are of empathy and intimacy. Um, and how much they're trying to change or control you. And so again, I mean, these are all, these are all going to fall back on situational too, because some of these things should be said the way they are, but not meant the way you could potentially take it. Yeah. Right. Um, you know, like the, the statement of like, you, you're just thinking about it too much. Um, you know, if I took in the aspect of like a kid trying to make a decision on, you know, what to wear to prom mm -hmm. or whatever. Oh, you're just thinking about it too much. You're overthinking it. Or like, you know, a boy, whether or not a boy likes him. Thinking, you're overthinking it. Yeah. Sometimes it's okay to say that. Like, you are overthinking it. Like, I'm being honest yeah. with you. This is more in the, in the context of shut up. You're overthinking it. Just and shut up already. Exactly. And that's, you're that's annoying me with this things, and yeah. I don't care. It's basically saying, I don't care. Like, yeah. you know, 50 different ways to say, I don't care without saying it. <laughs> man i think we touched on a lot of stuff um we did we had some fun um but i think we're good for episode eight what do you think yeah i think uh it was a good good time and uh i'm excited to get junior back on in the next couple episodes so yep um dig into him a little bit there um like we're gonna bring up anxiety right that's yes. a big one yeah we're gonna talk about that uh coming up um, um yeah it's just i think you know we've we've been touching on relationships and stuff too um i want to be more intentional with getting into the, the parenting side of things. Oh yeah. Um, just to make sure that, you know, relationships obviously do reflect in parenting. Yeah. That wasn't necessarily the goal of this podcast to just be relationship advice. Um, it's just talking about issues that we face, whether some of us have been through divorce. So we're going to talk about divorce. Yeah. You know, some of us have been through uh, parental alienation situations. We're going to talk about stuff like that. So if it's been with a narcissist, we've obviously talked about it and we'll address mental health a little bit more. Also, Absolutely. I mean, we really, yeah. we want to get everything in, kind of in there. You know, another, we'll talk about good stuff too. I mean, just bring in good dads and, and good moms or whatever. And just, you know, like, Hey, what do you do that we can mimic? You know, in that aspect, you know, if you guys, if you do something that, that, or somebody mentions that you do something amazing as a parent, hit us up. Yeah. Let us know. Because I would love to call out and be like, hey, you know what? Somebody does this. That might be news to somebody to try it. Yeah, absolutely. Right? Open I, the door for a new idea. Um, you could have a parent that's sitting there spinning their wheels, trying to figure out how to reach their kid or um, show their kid that they, they mean something. Yeah. And, you know, not all of us have the same tool belt. 
and we didn't have necessarily maybe the greatest model ahead of us. Um, so, you know, if you've got good ideas and things that you've been doing, like, Hey, I've been finding out, you know, this is a great way to spend time with my kids. Um, or like, even if it's like saving money, like how to do stuff that's cool. Like when the weather sucks, Man, it's um, like that love language one where I ask my kids, how do I show you? I love you. Dude, I figured my kids out this last week too. It was super cool. That's awesome. I had that aha moment. I'm like, oh. cause I actually asked him, I was like, how, if you could tell me you love me without telling me you love me, what would you do? He's like, I'd draw you a picture and I would bring you, I would build you things. And I'm like, oh, he's a gift giver. Mm-hmm. Like, okay. And it could be acts of service also. It yeah, yeah, no, it is. It's one and two. It's acts of service and, and giving gifts. That's awesome. And I'm like, okay, now I understand how he speaks. It's totally awesome. So I'm like, man, he says he loves me all the time without even saying it. Because mm-hmm. it's like, hey, dad, I drew this picture for you. You know, like, or, you know, I could go be downstairs taking a shower before work, whatever. And like, before I take him to school. There's like three pictures that are colored. That's amazing. I'm like, ah, yeah. Yeah. Parents do that. You will find greater appreciation for your kids. And, and just, it's, it's amazing. It's a really good feeling. Yeah. And I'm going to apologize that this episode's really long so far, but we will leave you with that. It's not that long. It's like an hour and 45 minutes. Is it really? Yeah. Okay. Well, (laughs) thanks for sticking it out with us. Yeah. Thanks for hanging out. We had a lot of fun. Yeah. So uh, be sure to join us for episode nine coming up next week. Yep. And remember to smash the like button, um, leave us feedback, comment, do whatever you got to do. Have fun with it. Spread this to your friends. Let them all know what's going on.